Hey, Princess. What's up? What song would you sing to go with today's episode? I already said it. Who let the dogs out? Who? 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 What's that? Your bark is like deeper. Your bark sounds like you went to UGA. Like y'all learn how to. I got to be honest with you. I was at uh, my daughter's graduation at the University of Georgia. (laughs) And afterwards, I was like, just started a good bark. (laughs) And there was this, there was a guy behind me that (laughs) just had the worst bark. It's like he had never barked before. What was his bark? I don't remember. The girls were just, and Gwen were just dying laughing like, did you hear his bark? He was awful. And I'm like, I didn't really get it exactly. But uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, one thing I can do is bark. Yeah, I, I will give you that. I bark a lot more than I probably should. <laughs> Birthday parties. It's just when I don't have anything else to say, just I just start bark. barking. <laughs> so, uh, hey, we got this, we got an awesome guest today, yeah. Princess. Mm-hmm. A top dog. Today wow. in the place, yes. Mattis is going to join us today. Yes, who is uh, a a police dog and an yeah. amazing story. I'm looking forward, but I had a thought on this. Is let's, let's get, get it started. You're listening to Irrational Kindness. Hi, I'm Kevin, and I'm Princess. We work with hundreds of amazing team members at our three Chick Fil A restaurants in Canton, Georgia. We lift up the celebrity in every human. Hey, that's you. We seek to understand over being understood and prioritize kindness towards yourself and others over everything. everything. Okay, Francis, here we're going to get to talk to Mark and Mattis. Is Mattis not amazing? Gosh, he is. Just seeing him, not only has Mark and his dog Mattis, not only do they have a new book, My Dog Mattis, but they also have been on Entertainment Tonight, Good Morning America, Fox. They've been all, all over the place really sharing this story. Yeah. But what I think is really interesting, you know, we love to talk about the perspective, just mm-hmm. looking at life yeah. in a different perspective. So I just think you can learn from them. Mark that works with his dog in this police field, but the way they train, the way they communicate, the way he's using this dog, mm-hmm. not only for purpose, but also the way he's training the dog. Yeah. Constantly thinking in life in a different perspective is really good. Yeah. There's so much intentionality in how he's training him and how we can apply it. Like it's crazy to think that we can apply some elements of training a dog to how I train my team. Me. Yeah. Do you think you can train me? I think I can reward for great things with affirmation. Well, you know, my love language is words of encouragement. Oh, so, and you do an amazing job perfect. at that, Princess. You're uh, like, God, that was really good, Kevin. And my just, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm like a dog again. wagging my tail. I gotta, I'm ready for the next one. But it's crazy to see that, that analogy that you can train really our, our team and, and dogs. And so I think it was awesome. Yeah. When he says that, listen to when he says about how oftentimes we don't communicate yes. with the dog. And we do that as, as leaders or as business yeah. people or as as parents and friends, mm-hmm. we don't communicate and we get frustrated. Mm-hmm. And it's a good reminder just to stop, pause, and communicate. It's yes. really good. It Here is. you go. Let's listen to Mark and Mattis. Mattis is in the house. You know, I've got a special spot in my heart right now. We just got a 10-week-old golden doodle. Dogs are in our life right now, back full throttle. So uh, so I'll have some good things that I can learn from uh, how you deal with Mattis. But what got you involved in police work with a dog? Um, well, police work with a dog, it was one that I love dogs. I always have. I grew up around really smart dogs. My dad used to uh, field train labs for hunting. 
And so I was around these amazing animals that were uh, just incredibly intelligent and use their nose and their brain together. So I always liked that. Um, but kind of what put me over the edge was I got into police work and I saw the fascinating things that they could do. Uh, I love the challenge of something new and it really is the commitment that's involved with canine is higher than any other. So I like that about canine. And then the thing that pushed it over the edge, like I said, was I went to demonstrations and I saw how a dog creates this instant bridge uh, between people where a lot of times people won't talk to a police officer. If you have a dog, all of a sudden it opens up all these avenues for people to be inquisitive and start talking to you. And so I was like, that is amazing. And it's something that we should take advantage of. And so I went full bore into canine and that was one of my focuses when I got in was to really try to utilize the dog's ability to build bridges um, to connect with people. When you got involved in it, could you see this need for building bridges? Yeah, it it definitely wasn't as big uh, when I got in. It was uh, back in 2006. Mm -hmm. And uh, since then, it seems like chasms have grown. Uh, We live in a great community, so it's not that bad. Uh, but I did just, I really wanted to build that bridge, regardless of the, the circumstances that were going on in the world at the time. And I think it's been kind of neat through this season where there has been a greater chasm and um, there's conflict. That's actually where we have thrived yeah. um, because we, we just try to focus on similarities between people and like you guys showing kindness and, and uh, what we have in common and try to love one another. Yeah, that's awesome. I love how you're using, like, I mean, you already said it, how you're using Mattis to bridge that relationship. I want to hear about even the commitment. You said that training Mattis and training that relationship is the biggest, highest commitment that there is. Uh, Just tell me, what does that look like? How long is that process to build trust and do that training? What does it look like? Yeah, well, and that's, with anything else in, in police work, when you go home, you're done with it. And with canine, you're never done with it because he comes home with me. And you're always training or untraining your dog. And so um, I tell people, like people ask me how long it took to train Mattis to the level he is. And I said, every day up until today, because you're always working and trying to get better. And so the initial process and what it looks like when you get into canine is you go in and you say, yeah, I'm committed. And I know how much of a commitment is and I'm willing to do it. And then you realize it's so much more than you ever thought of, because like I said, you're training them at all times during the day. They come home with you. Um, they're riding around with you. You spend more time with the dog than you do just about any person on the planet. And wow. um, the training is intense. Uh, they're trying to cram a whole lot of information into like a six to 12 week course of initial training. And then if you're good, you realize that you don't know anything when you get done with that course. And so you continue to try to grow and become a better trainer. It never stops. It's incredible. It's physically demanding. Um, it's mentally challenging. And but at the same time, there's no reward like it in the world because you get to work with your best friend. You know, some days I don't know what I'm doing. Yes. And do you ever feel that <laughs> way with with him sometimes and the way y'all work? You're like, you've you've made so much progress. And then day, some days do you just start the days. Is it ups and downs? Oftentimes you're like, what are we doing yes. today? Yes, 100 percent. And I try to tell people with their dogs is you got to remember that you're supposed to be the smart end of the leash. And a lot of times we're not. We get frustrated with the dog because the dog's not doing what we want the dog to do. But that's just because we haven't clearly communicated to the dog what you want it to do. Gosh. Because my that's dad good. gave the best piece of dog training advice to me. And I, there's some trainers who will disagree with me. And I'm okay with that. Um, 
but he'll say, all that dog wants to do is make you happy. And what other trainers will say is, well, no, the dog does it because you're manipulating the dog and you're trying to give him a treat. And when you first start off in dog training, that's absolutely 100% the case, right? You're trying to find what the dog likes and reward the dog for whatever the dog wants. But if you get it to the point, and you guys alluded to it earlier, if you get to the point where it's total trust, mm. um, where the dog actually, it's a relationship between you and the dog, that's the point you want to get to is where you've built a team that has trust. And really all he wants to do is make you happy. It doesn't mm. matter if he gets a reward or not. Yeah. Gosh, Mark, as you're talking, I know team to like a dog and people are different, but I feel like you are speaking at my leader heart um, with how I interact with our team. I mean, like you hit the nail on the head every single day we're training. So we have over 350 team members. And like you said, like none of our team members join our team and they're like, I don't want to do the job. Like they want to do a good job. But how am I communicating with them? How am I leading them? How, how, where is this? And am, am I training every single day in the every moment? So I feel like you're, you're challenging me in the way I communicate and um, even really have those expectations to them. I feel like, gosh. I love that. One of the people I look up to most in my life is, is my uncle. And he is a great communicator. And that's something he told me. And it translates into the, into the dog world too, is that you need to learn how to communicate to different people because different people receive messages completely different ways. And mm -hmm. really intelligent people understand how to communicate to different people. They don't just get frustrated that, why don't you understand what I'm trying to tell you? And that's where I find myself a lot of times. And it comes with, like I said, dog training is if I find myself getting frustrated, I got to realize that a lot of times it's me. And I got to mm -hmm. work on my delivery better and understand the perspective or the way that that person receives the message. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. You know, and every leader stood up to be a leader because they were excited yes. about the hope and how they could make a difference. Yet, oftentimes we can get frustrated yes. with each other and mm -hmm. it's communication. So I guess we all need to get a dog. And if we can knock down the dog, <laughs> yeah. then we can score on everybody else, yeah. right? That's right. That's right. Well, so, and I kind of cheated because he's really good and he's intuitive yeah. and makes me look so much better than I am. So Gosh. like he understands a lot. Oh, that's <laughs> that's cool. good. You get some passes yeah. along the way. That's yeah, pretty good. Sure. Gosh, that's yeah. awesome. So tell me on your first shift with Mattis, y'all have finished the six to 12 week training. Mm -hmm. Were you nervous? Like walk me through that. Was it nervous, exciting? Like now would he <laughs> take the place of like another human partner and it would just be you and him or like kind of walk me through what that was like. Yeah. Well, I wasn't like with him, I was excited because he was actually my second dog and he was the best dog I've ever trained in my life. Um, and so I was just excited to get him back and I couldn't wait to show what this amazing dog could do. Um, mm. with my first dog, when I got back, I was like, I have no clue what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see how this works out. Cause yeah. now after that course, I'm supposed to be this expert among all these people. And it's like, I really don't know anything. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, as you grow and stuff, like I said with him, it was, oh yeah, I can't wait to show this dog off. Mattis had an accident falling uh, off of the 30 foot retaining wall. Will you tell us about that? I mean, even his journey to, to recovery and to being on America's top dog. Like that's yeah. incredible. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, it was one where it was very early in his career. And like I, I just told you, and it was kind of a nice lead up is I was so excited about how awesome this dog could be. And we had like this instant bond from the beginning. I knew he was special. And so a few months into my career with Mattis, we got into a quasi chase. I say quasi because 
actually cancel myself off of it because there's too much traffic. We didn't really know what the guys um, had done, only that they blew through a red light and they were acting odd. And so I was like, ah, it's a lot of risk and I don't want to put ourselves into it. But as luck turned out, the guys that had run from me and I canceled myself off of, they'd turn into a parking lot where there was another officer. And oh, wow. then they wrecked out their car and they jumped out and took off running. And so now there wasn't, you know, there wasn't the risk of potential car accidents and putting the citizens in danger by pursuing them because um, they were on foot. And, and I happened to be in the area. So I kind of cut off and went to an area where I thought they might be running. And it turned out I was right. And so the guy was coming around these businesses um, behind where there is this retaining wall that goes down to a creek. And I had been back there quite a bit. And actually the reason that I thought they might run that way is because we'd had people run that way before. And the retaining wall of places is about 10 feet high. So it's not that bad. But the guy sees me as he's coming around the businesses and I'm running straight at him. And I have Mattis running right beside me, not on leash because I just hit the door popper as I jumped out of the car. And what he's supposed to do is run up to me and then I can put him on leash and we can run. But the guy had already come around the back. So Mattis was just by my side, no leash. And the guy takes a left over the retaining wall and jumps. And so I go to where he is and I start to leap over and I see that the guy's still falling. Oh, wow. So I was like, you know, panic in my, in in my brain. I'm like, Oh my goodness, I'm about to die. Mm. Uh, I, I managed to grab a hold of the guardrail and kept from falling. But out of the corner of my eye, I see Mattis Mm. uh, just frozen in midair falling through the air. And once again, just panic. And it seemed like that took an eternity. I remember the look on his face, the body positioning that he had as he was falling. um, And he landed on the guy. And he looked up at me because he wasn't on a bike command or anything like that. And so I just told him to lay down. And I told the guy, if you move, you're going to get bit. Uh, And he didn't move, (laughs) which was good. And he wasn't hurt, which was amazing. Um, And I was 30 feet away from Mattis. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, it seems like he's okay. He's looking at me. I'm not, I, I, I don't know, but I can't get down there. There's no way to get down there. And I need another officer because I can't just, if I leave, Mattis might bite him and I can't have that. Uh, so I had to stay there until another officer got to me. And then I was able to have him go down. And then I finally got down there and we took that guy into custody and I checked out Mattis and he seemed okay. And they had gotten into a foot chase with the other guy that was in the car. And so we caught up to them on foot. We passed some of the other officers. The guy saw us, saw Mattis and gave up. And then once that guy gave up and kind of things started to die down, Mattis collapsed. Oh, he had, uh, in the initial Whoa. fall, he had lacerated his liver. And so I just wow. remember that. I was like so worried. I carried him back to the car, put him in the car, threw on the lights and sirens and drove to the emergency vet. And uh, I had to go back with the emergency vet cause I had to lift him up onto the table and, and he was, he was panicked. And so he wanted me there. Yeah. Um, not the vet, but Mattis was panicked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're used to it. They did a great job, but I remember they did like a x-ray and they did a, a MRI and they said, we need to get him into surgery right away. And that was one that I know that's not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I just, I spent all night as, as they were doing surgery on him in the waiting room, hoping he'd be okay. And then they said, Hey, it, it, Turned out great. Um, He had a lacerated liver, but it had actually, it had coagulated and stopped by the time we got him open. And then he had some stuff lodged in his stomach too. And they got that out. Then I sat with him for a couple days in the kennel as he recovered. And I remember thinking, I don't know if I just 
Like I didn't, I, I knew he was going to be okay at that time. Um, but I didn't know if he'd ever be able to do police work again. Cause that, something mm-hmm. like that can really mess with their mind and then get like PTSD, if you will, um, mm-hmm. that he would be scared of heights or wouldn't want to do his job or scared of the car because the car is what took him there. And so I didn't know what was going to happen after that point. And it turned out he had no fear. He recovered fully within a month yeah. wow. and he was back to work and he is, he has been the best police dog in the world to me. Yeah. <laughs> he's awesome. not only been the best police dog, he's been a top dog. Seriously. Right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. How did y'all decide to transition from this traumatic thing that went on and he's recovered and how did you decide, Hey, let's, uh, Hey, maybe he can compete. Yeah. It was one that, uh, I, I actually, there was casting for it and I didn't put in for the casting. I didn't even know about the show, but when they talk to people, they say, Hey, would you recommend anyone that you think would be good for this show? And a friend of mine actually said, you should check out this guy. His dog's really good and he's okay. And <laughs> he, he might, he might like it. And so they actually called me up and said, Hey, are you interested in doing this? And I'm like, yeah, why, why not? It sounds fun. You know, I talked to my department, my department was fine with it. And then they're like, okay, well, there's a process. And I had to go through like zoom interviews and stuff. And, you know, they had to talk to me and see if I was good enough to be on the show. Mm -hmm. They already knew that Mattis was. And so somehow we made the cut and we got on America's Top Dog. Gosh. And you went all the way to the finals where you got to compete. What an amazing experience, huh? To really get the show. Fantastic. Especially to get to showcase Mattis that's uh, means so much and, and use his story to Mm -hmm. continue building the platform to just show um, the impact, you know, how you're using your police Mm -hmm. platform to really, you know, inspire a community inspires me, Mark. Mm -hmm. It's it's amazing to, to see what you're doing um, to make your job more than just your job. Yes. You -hmm. know, to make it about making a difference Mm -hmm. in the lives of people and, uh, and really proud of you. Yeah. Thank you. And it, it actually meant a lot to me. And, and you said it was, I wanted to show off my dog. I actually take a lot of criticism because of how social Mattis is. There's some police agencies that are very much like the dog is a tool. You can't interact with it. Um, it's a liability. And I went through some trainer schools and I saw this high level of training that they had on working dogs, but they were in the civilian world. So they had to coexist with family members be in the house and still do the same kind of job that police dogs did. And they could, they could do that. And I decided that, you know what, I think it's less of a liability if we actually socialize our dogs, make them where we can take them anywhere. um, Let kids interact with them. If somebody asks to pet the dog, if we say no, where there could have been a bridge, now there's a Mm -hmm. chasm. And so I was like, I think it's important enough to actually focus on that and train harder so that we can get the dogs to that level where they can interact and they can do the job um, and they can be super social. And so in some of the avenues, people say, well, that's not a real working dog. And so to be able to go on and show he has more apprehensions, more fines, more arrests than any of the dogs combined in the history of our department. How about that? Um, And then to go on America's Top Dog and show not only that, but he's just, he's really good when you compare him to other dogs. It meant a lot because here he is, the super social, happy, confident dog that can interact and do things, but also he can stand up against the absolute best that the world has to offer. Yeah. And you've got to tell his story in a children's book yeah. to continue using this. Tell us about that. Well, it was one, um, again, that you see 
how people are just drawn in by dogs. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I would love to write. And I really am. I'm blown away by this dog and, and what he's done and the avenues that he's open. And so I'm like, I think people, you know, and if you look at our social media and stuff, I think people want to hear his story. And mm-hmm. so I started writing uh, just a regular book. And then as I was writing the regular book, A, it was taking a super long time and I'm still mm-hmm. in process to write a biography. Um, or I don't, what would you say? Like a canine biography? Yes, canonography. It's it's Mattis writing a book. Yes, (laughs) Yes. you're his voice, but yes, he's writing a book. I was getting so many messages from people and realizing my demographic of, you know, grandmas and granddads that love to show their their kids um, Mattis's TikToks or Mm -hmm. their Instagrams, right? And through COVID, it kind of became this thing of a way that people could connect with their kids was through TikTok. And so I saw not only did grownups like our story, but there was this demographic of kids that were just drawn in by the stuff that we did and the positive message and bringing people together. And I'm like, I think that's where my niche is and that's where I should really focus on. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up writing the the children's book and with the help of my sister, who's amazing. Yeah. um, And the incredible illustrator, Brittany Hassinger, who did a fantastic job. Um, so anyway, that's why I decided what the children's book was like, it was like, I kept getting these messages from kids, um, that were being drawn in by Mattis mm-hmm. and stories of, Oh, I want to be a police officer now, or oh, I want to be a canine officer. And it meant a lot yeah. to me. Gosh, that's incredible. Well, you know, his story <laughs> and the, the inspiring story that you're utilizing yes. again, uh, first of all, we just want to thank you for the yes. work you do as a police thank officer you. to protect us to utilize the resources of, of Mattis, but then to use that platform for what you're doing. And, uh, and imagine how Kai and mm-hmm. Kinsley get children. to hear mm-hmm. Mattis's story. That means so much. It really does. It really does. It's turned into so much more than, than I ever thought it would be. And, and I absolutely love that we can make a difference. It's, it's amazing. And I, I hope everyone sees that, that in like you guys, you carry that mission with you is that whatever you're doing is you can make a difference in this world. Y'all, this was such an awesome conversation. I hope you got some good nuggets like we did. But if you want to hear Mattis' story, please check out his book, My Dog Mattis. You can get on Amazon, as well as you can check out Irrational Kindness. You know, we are Amazon top seller and the audiobook is released so even if you don't want to read it you can just listen to it wherever you are so check out the audiobook get the actual book and until next time stay kind be irrational we out gotta get in while you can gotta get out while you can gotta get in while you can gotta get out while you can play your cards right middle man play your cards right middle man Check your gaze.